Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying these clips from the archive while I gear up for season six. Speaking of which, I've got big goals for this next season and the only way I'm gonna get there is with your help. So if you could rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. It's really only with your help that this podcast grows. Thanks. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm Corey Hofstein and this is Flirting with Models, the podcast that pulls back the curtain to discover the human factor behind the quantitative strategy. Corey Hofstein is the co-founder and chief investment officer of Newfound Research. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Newfound Research's funds on this podcast. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of Newfound Research. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Newfound Research may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. For more information, visit thinknewfound.com. After March 2020, a growing research interest of mine was the question, how do strategies reflexively impact the markets they trade? Beyond just crowding risk, can the adoption of strategies fundamentally change market dynamics? In Season 3, Episode 11, I spoke with Omer Cedar, who argues that equity quants have done precisely that. The mass adoption of factor models, whether for alpha or for risk, fundamentally changed how baskets of stocks are bought and sold. And for a discretionary manager to ignore this sea change is to ignore a fundamental shift in the current of the waters in which they swim. In this clip from the episode, Omer discusses how quants have changed the market and how fundamental managers should use this information to sharpen their edge. I hope you enjoy. In our past conversation, one of the really interesting points you made to me was this idea that quants have sort of changed market dynamics in a way and in a manner that has actually impacted fundamental managers. Can you elaborate on that for me? Absolutely. We've really seen this in mass over the last probably decade. In 2007, when I'm sure the quants remember the quant quake of 2007, and certainly Two Sigma was in the heart of it, and it was a really important period of time for a lot of quant survival, fundamental managers didn't even feel it. I mean, there was some turbulence in the markets, but it was still very much of a blip on the radar compared to what was going on afterwards in the next 12 to 18 months, right, in 08 and 09, when quants actually had some of their best years because of market volatility. So what's interesting about that is that quants were still a very small component of the volume that was being sort of produced in the marketplace. And over the last 10 years, probably with the emergence of not just traditional, I would say, quant investing, but also smart beta, pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, think about all of these larger institutions who are trying to get access to low-cost, passive strategies really started investing in the idea that systematic, rules-based approaches could really deliver value for them. And that combined with traditional quant really created a tremendous increase in sort of volumes in the marketplace that changed really the dynamic of how the markets function really today versus where they were 10 years ago. There's obviously a lot of statistics out there that quants are what, one-tenth of the AUM globally, but nine-tenths or longer, bigger than nine-tenths of the volume of the trading globally. So when you have one-tenth of the AUM representing 90% plus of the volume, you really start seeing a very different dynamic. And that's created essentially a lot of what we would call headwinds or turbulent sort of markets for the fundamental managers who historically have built their strategies and their businesses on the basis of deep fundamental research, 
with the understanding that if they deploy that fundamental sort of ideas into the marketplace, then the market will behave in a particular way. It will absorb those ideas. And as their ideas, their predictions, essentially, of improved fundamentals or deteriorating fundamentals, however you want to look at that, will take in place, you will actually see the stocks react appropriately. And that hasn't happened. You know, I could tell you countless managers that have expressed their dismay at how that's changed since they started investing a decade or two ago. So for years, we've heard terms like quantumental and fundative start to emerge. Firms certainly still seem for the most part to fall on one end of the spectrum or another. But why do you think that the idea of mixing quantitative and fundamental is so important going forward? It's a great question because ultimately there's some very interesting behaviors and we want to kind of maybe pull this a little bit apart, right? We're scientists, we're sort of as quants. We really want to understand what are the drivers of fundamental research and fundamental sort of analysis that is still very much important and active today. And what are the drivers of the quantitative approach that really makes it obviously strong and persistent and robust and complements the fundamental side? And ultimately there's been Again, I I see it as sort of a question really where fundamental managers have built their careers on the basis of very deep sort of Benjamin Graham, Warren Buffett style research. They identify companies or industries that are going through dislocations or changes. They look at business models. They analyze management teams. And ultimately, all of these things are dynamic and they change because people like us, right? I mean, management teams, CEOs, boards of directors make individual human-like decisions. If we had machines running those companies, the outcomes might be a lot different. But you have essentially companies in the world that are being run by individuals that are making certain decisions. And then you have analysts on the other side of the equation that are investing in those companies based on a very similar sort of an idea framework of what makes a good business, what makes a not such a good business. And that intuition is very human. It's very oriented towards people actually investing in other people. Very similar to the idea of the venture capital industry. And so while we can take a lot of those ideas and make them quantitative in nature and maybe build uh, strategies that will try to emulate that type of behavior, what we find is that deep fundamental research still exists and still really adds a lot of value and a lot of alpha because it's human in nature. And it is really people investing in other people. That approach, and we've seen again at Two Sigma and repeatedly again and again, still creates a very long-term source of alpha. Most quant strategies we know are tend to be shorter horizon. We're picking up on patterns in the market between a week, two weeks, maybe four weeks in length, and maybe sometimes longer, but really there's a sweet spot there. The fundamental ideas are really much more longer term. They tend to be more persistent and they tend to really trend over long periods of time. And so you have this approach where you can actually capture a much longer and robust source of alpha with a lot less sort of degradation. The challenge with that source of alpha is that it's sort of impure. It's sort of mining for that diamond and you really have to kind of clear it out, polish it, really get the rough out and really find that diamond in it because there's a lot of impurities in the way that it's being expressed today in the marketplace. And ultimately, that's really where the machines come in. That's really where quantitative investing, driven by good systematic principles, robust risk management, can take those ideas that are sort of diamonds in the rough and really put them into a framework where they can succeed and be managed in a way that they'll actually preserve the right kind of outcomes or create, if you will, the right kind of outcomes for the investors. So let's maybe talk about that framework for a bit. I always have sort of felt like the cliche fundamental manager playbook always has that upside down pyramid, right? Where you're screening the stocks down into the end portfolio. And I always said, well, 
if you have a set of rules by which you do that, that's just a systematic portfolio. And so it always felt like at the end of the day, the big difference between systematic and discretionary was maybe systematic chose to manage risk by just having more diversification and discretionary chose to manage risk by doing deeper fundamental dives into a more concentrated portfolio. But to me, those concepts seem a little bit at odds. It's like where one stops and the other one sort of begins. So how do you think about marrying these concepts together? It's a great question. I think that ultimately the value of the deep research that you're talking about is in the fact that there are some true, what I would call longer term persistent, either business model adjustments or sort of evaluation concepts or things essentially cannot be really replicated truly by sort of that filter that you're describing, where it's sort of filter on various indicators. Those sort of deeper fundamental pieces that we're talking about that are truly what I'm going to call bottoms up. They originate typically from a thesis, a change in the environment, some real sort of what I'm going to call exogenous kind of variable that typically is not easily sort of quantified using historical data. And that's actually maybe where I'm sort of trying to drive to as I'm sort of thinking more about this is you have this notion where historical data, which is what quants use, we definitely think about it from the perspective of you have certain metrics. These metrics obviously govern good companies versus less sort of good or poor companies. And you can observe those in the marketplace over repeated periods of time. Those certainly build these kind of quant models that we have in many cases. On the fundamental side, it tends to come a lot more from something that is defying history. It doesn't actually have the same historical data concept. It's a new change. It's a political environment or maybe where we are right now with COVID. How is that going to change? A lot of these things, the models themselves are not going to be able to make those predictions because those events have not happened before. You don't have the historical data and you don't have the statistical robustness. So I think where the real true intersection is when the fundamental ideas are essentially running contrarian in some ways to the traditional sort of quantitative framework that has been designed to sort of capture repeated behavior. And if you can capture those ideas essentially across a large scale of analysts, right? So we're not just talking about, I mean, most fundamental managers are going to create a portfolio of 20 or 30 names. If you can create a larger group that you're working with, and they're all coming out with these sort of unique ideas, then you actually can create that very diversified portfolio that we're talking about, where you're screening out a larger number of stocks. You're just doing it based on bottoms up fundamental combined with a robust sort of a risk managed, optimized sort of a strategy on the quant side. So maybe we can ground this in an example, this sort of theory of combining quantitative and fundamental together. The Omega Point platform that you make available to discretionary fundamental managers to give them sort of insight, perhaps, into the quantitative impacts that they're seeing in their portfolio. What does that look like? How does that play out for a fundamental manager who takes their portfolio and plugs it in? What are they seeing? What are they looking for? What are you ultimately trying to educate them on to help them either enhance returns or manage risk? That's a great question. In terms of how we think about these sort of fundamental manager ideas, essentially, these are collections of ideas that they have. We recognize that sometimes you don't have the power of diversification associated with those ideas. But what we can do is help them improve their overall sort of performance sort of in Omega Point, right? And their ability to sort of deploy capital in the market through a set of quantitative techniques or overlays, if you will, that can help them sort of make those adjustments. So for example, let's say I am a fundamental manager with 20 or 30 securities. I have a fairly concentrated portfolio. It's bottoms up, done a lot of deep analysis, and I'd like to deploy capital into those names. 
there's sort of two questions that I'm starting to answer when I'm trying to sort of deploy capital. First of all, how do I size those names? How do I position and actually create the appropriate weights in those names? And secondly, how do I make sure that the risks that I'm trying to capture in those individual sort of ideas are the actual risks that I'm going to be invested in and not something else. For example, if I'm going to have a view on Apple's iPhone sales in the next month or the next quarter, how do I know I'm not buying into China or buying into the semiconductor industry? And those bets could magnify my bet on actual Apple's iPhones. So that's really where factor analysis, and as with quants, we understand sort of factor risk models and risks out there that can capture a lot of those bigger type of drivers can help us essentially isolate what we call the idiosyncratic, the alpha in the manager's ideas. And so I can take those sort of 30 ideas that the manager have, and I can actually cut them into how much idiosyncratic alpha there is and how much of the other factor risks that you may have, i.e. you're making a bet on the semiconductor industry. You're really just making a China bet if you're going to just invest in this alone. And we can, you know, quantitatively really strip out these by either weighting towards the names that have higher idiosyncratic risk away from the ones that are factor risk or create what we call overlays, essentially customized hedge baskets or ETF type of overlays that can reduce or target pinpoint those exact risks and remove them. So the platform that Omega Point has created is essentially to take those fundamental ideas at their core, strip them down into their alpha, construct them in a way that can give you the maximum alpha and hedge out as much of that factor risk, those risks that the quants understand so that the manager is left with the purest possible alpha-driven portfolio that is based on their ideas. So how is this different than a lot of the other industry standard optimizers that are available to fundamental investors, things like Bar or Axioma or Northfield? Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately there's elements that all of these sort of optimization engines and factor models have that allow you to cook your own sort of stew, so to speak. One of the things that Omega Point has done is to really make a lot of that turnkey. So we actually are partnered today with Barra, we're partnered with Axioma, we're partnered with Wolf Research, which is an interesting sort of a data, right, an alternative data and a factor model provider. And what we do with them is we essentially take their factor model all their data. And we combine that obviously with our software, which has all of the attribution analysis, a lot of the quantitative tools to be able to identify the signals, to be able to strip out the alpha, as well as we have a sort of fully built-in optimizer. All of that gets done sort of in a turnkey fashion so that the manager, again, remember this is a fundamental manager that doesn't have necessarily the background in quant. He doesn't understand optimization. He doesn't really understand how to put all these pieces together. They're essentially being done in a turnkey fashion for him. And ultimately, all they have to do is really provide their fundamental ideas. And the output is a portfolio that has the maximum number of alpha-driven ideas in the portfolio and gives them really the insight into what decisions are being made by the computer. So again, the notion that Bar Axiom or Northfield have those tools is great. What we found, and they have found too in the industry, is that Quants will take those tools, will understand how to work with them, how to build a very effective strategy, but a fundamental manager will not. And the challenge is that really has created a gap in the marketplace for them. And that's really the gap that Omega Point is trying to fill. So talking about factors for a second, depending upon your interpretation of the literature, the factor zoo is either just like a handful of definitions or it's hundreds of these different characteristics, which I have to imagine as you get to that far end of the spectrum is perhaps incredibly overwhelming to a fundamental manager but perhaps maybe has a little bit more intuition. They understand those metrics from a balance sheet perspective or whatever it is. But as you think about translating factors into sort of 
actionable metrics for a fundamental manager to understand and think about how it impacts their portfolio. How do you sort of think about the factor zoo? We know that there is essentially a lot of overlap between these factors. And depending on your choice of factor set that you start with, you may end up with one outcome uh, with a set of sort of factors that you'd like to go with. And if you start with another set, you'll end up with another outcome. And you have to deal with a lot of the sort of the correlation and a lot of the analysis there. Our approach in particular with fundamental managers is to help them first and foremost understand that there is a de facto standard in the market on risk. Sort of you like it or not, you have a Microsoft and a Google, so to speak, of risk management in terms of a factor model. You have Bara, you have, for example, Axioma. And those two are used today by over probably 6,000 large asset managers, sovereign wealth funds, pension funds, as a framework to help them analyze risk in the market and make decisions on the basis of that. And by virtue that so many other people are using it, it does actually, the money flows do move in that direction. And you do see that. You do see money flows follow the momentum factor for Axioma. So ultimately then, if you want to come up with your own definition, that's great, but that would be considered alpha. What you probably want to do is create a baseline of what you think is risk, And again, using the sort of de facto models, you have a starting point. And then it's really a question of what do you identify with in terms of your fundamental experience? And that's really where the factor zoo can be filtered heavily to the areas that you care about. So for example, the factor zoo will have industry-specific factors. It might have drilling rates that someone has sort of designed on oil and gas. You might have R&D to sales might be a better metric when you're thinking about technology companies than if you're thinking about sort of banks. And if you are a TMT manager, again, your fundamental manager usually tend to tilt more to some kind of an industry or some kind of a business model bias. You're going to identify a lot more with those fundamental metrics, as you mentioned, Corey. And those fundamental metrics, then you can overlay on top of the traditional model. You have a baseline model like bar or axioma. It can be considered to be more alpha or more identifiable with your type of a strategy. And you can use them in both helping you manage risk if you think that there is a lot of people piled into the same ideas, or you can use it as actually an exposure that you'd want to have more of, an alpha exposure that you want to have more of and you want to tilt your portfolio to. I hope you enjoyed this dive into the archives. If you did, leave us a rating or review and share with a friend. It helps us grow and it means the world. Thanks for listening.